Hey, it's Taro. I'm the founder of Four Sigmatic, and I'm this week's man of the hour. And we're going to go with Justin super deep on the story of Four Sigmatic, but also how to find your true north and how to motivate yourself and the team. Tune in. Mr. Taro Iso Coppola. You know, guys, he just told me that it was an Italian pronunciation. Welcome to Founders Week. Thank you for saying yes. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, if you all are tuning in right now, you know he is the founder of Four Sigmatic, which is one of my favorite, absolute favorite companies when it comes to coffees and teas and blends, uh, specifically with protein powders. I can go on and on, but Taro, this is about you. I can't wait to share your story. Um, the discovery of Four Sigmatic, the hardest lessons you may have learned. Being an entrepreneur is not something a lot of people set out to do, but I know it's something that you're really good at. So I can't wait to get some advice from you as well for everybody tuning in right now. Thank you for being here because you could have chose any other podcast out there. So Taro, we're going to start from the beginning of your story, however you want to tell that, uh, and then the discovery of Four Sigmatic. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I'm you got stoked. It, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Taro. The last name is really difficult. It's a Scandinavian name uh, that um, you need to buy a vowel. Uh, <clears throat> and um, uh, I was born and raised in Finland and I'm a 13 generation family farmer. So me and my brother are the 13 generation and our kids will be the 14. And we've had this farms at least since 1619 uh, near the town of Nokia, Finland. Um, so my life has been this combination of agriculture, technology and then my mom taught physiology and anatomy um so health and wellness so those have been core parts of my life i've lived now in 10 countries and uh traveled around the world and through that i've discovered some of these world's most nutrient-dense ingredients some of them being mushrooms and then i've written a couple books I discovered a rare mushroom about 15 years ago. Done weird stuff. None of it, a lot of it not planned. A lot of it's just called out and I'm excited to dig deeper today here about it. We're going to have to dig deeper because everything you just said is so unique to your story. And I would be so blind not to mention the mushroom because that is kind of mm -hmm. where Four Sigmatic has built its prominence in the space of, again, coffees and teas and blends and protein powders. And, but let's go back to your family for a moment to be that many generations in. I mean, what is your family saying about where they wanted you to be at this point in your life and kind of where you ended up going, not just with Four Sigmatic, but in general? Um, I think my mom would just say, we're as long as you're happy and healthy, they didn't care if I became a carpet truck driver, which is that love you want to get from your mom. And then I think from my dad is like, nothing is ever good enough and could have done better. So there's a fun, um, friction there. Um, but yeah, I think my mom would have been happy, whatever I did, as long as I was happy, healthy, and honest. Um, obviously they were sad when I left the country, but I think my mom, just before I finally, um, left Finland and went to Caliban around the world. She was like, you need to leave. This is your calling. So, but I get to visit once or twice a year for an extended time period during usually summer, the harvest season. So it's great. We still get to see each other. And I'm glad to hear that because I think even, uh, you, you, I don't know if you're a mama's boy, but I sure am. And there's something special there. So I'm glad you get to see your family. You know, more on Four Sigmatic Tarot. I mean, I could vent, or not vent, I could talk about it a lot, 
uh, as to like why I love it as a consumer, but where did Four Sigmatic really come from in its findings? Yeah, it's a two part. One is the, obviously the Nordic lineage and the Nordic wellness <clears throat> culture um, and realizing that the culture myself and our, our founding team grew up with was not common in the rest of the world, be it ice, cold water and saunas or beet eating berries and mushrooms and these superfoods, what people now call superfoods to us was just foods. Um, and realizing that, and particularly with the mushrooms that will tie in, uh, there's all, there's Finland has studied mushrooms for a long time. There's a lot of mushroom consumption in Finland, particularly on for health benefits. So that's one. And then the second part of wanting to be an entrepreneur and figuring out something that was true to me, my true north, that was hopefully positive for the world and building something around that. And, and, you know, it was not, it's an evolution, any company, there's like North star, hopefully uh, purpose and mission that doesn't change, but then the, the actual physical manifestation of the company has changed many times. We actually originally sold blenders and, and all kinds of weird things um, before we like, found what we really stood for. So like the art of redefining what is the physical manifestation of the true north that you have. The true north. I think there's something so special about that because you could be on any career path. You could be on any mm -hmm. journey, you know, spiritually even. And sometimes there's going to be that north star. You said this a little bit ago when it comes to, um, I would assume it's like flexibility and understanding that like not everything's going to not just not that everything would work out the way that you want it to be, but sometimes it really comes down to the simple fact that you just have to remain so flexible because certain things or opportunities will continue to come up as you had set blenders to like mushroom coffee now. And, and, and mm -hmm. I'm sure the evolution has been super fun to, to witness from not just a founder perspective, but having launched this and then you are uh, with your brand, right? Would you even say mm -hmm. that you and Four Sigmatic are somewhat of like one and one? I don't know how to ask that even more cheesier, but do you feel like you are one <laughs> with your company? <laughs> I, yes and no, for sure. Early on, the company is pretty much exclusively you or and or the founders, the people make the company in the beginning. You can make a fancy deck and a vision and tell a story, but you, you are the company. As the company evolves, it starts to live its own life like a child. So I have a one-year-old and when you have a little kid, you know, it's just like a combination of the founders or in this case, the parents. And as the kid grows up, you start to notice like a little like, oh, well, that's kind of unique to this little baby, right? So as the company grows, you'll, there'll be more employees, there'll be partners, there'll be customers. And a lot of our customers make what Four Sigmatic is. So we are soon turning 10 years. Um, and so in 10 years, the, the kid is now approaching teenage soon. So it's starting to live its own life. Uh, but there's really is obviously an imprint that the parents leave on the child. And in this case, also as the founder to the company. That couldn't have been a better analogy. Congrats mm -hmm. on 10 years coming up and then congratulations you. on your child, your baby child. That is a, this is, this is your prime tarot. And so as, yeah. as, as your prime is here, we're amidst the prime of tarot. Uh, can you go back 
for a moment with us and give us your hardest lesson learned. And the reason I ask this is because the journey of a founder is not ever going to be easy, not just discovering the company, but as you had mentioned, building it and understanding that sometimes it takes a journey of its own. So in that case, for you, what was the hardest lesson, like the absolute hardest lesson you've ever learned having been the founder of Four Sigmatic? Yeah, I mean, as you might imagine, there's a lot in life in general, there's a lot of lessons. So then you put a high growth startup environment with no money often in the beginning and the stress and worries on top of it. There's a lot. There has been fraud we've encountered. There has been employees and partners who lied or cheated. There's been like a lot of things. There's a lot of dumb things I made, wrong decisions I made. you know, I was tired and I misspoke to someone that I regret. But the hardest thing by far is that the person that comes out at the other end is a different person. And uh, <clears throat> you want it or not, when you start any journey that is a bigger life transformation, and it doesn't have to be a business, it could be family, hobby, whatever, you follow your heart. Um, at the end, you will find another person. And that transformation of self is really difficult because it's it's some of it's organic some of it is painful as they say is the truth will set you free but first it will piss you off um that's how becoming you or a new version of you is like as well it's like it's going to be good for you probably but it's first going to piss you off so the absolute hardest thing i don't want to sound too esoteric but is basically becoming a new person redefined by the experience and the challenges that you face. In my experience, almost always, it's a positive version of you because adversity will will help find yourself in a better way, but it is very difficult. Yeah, I would only imagine too. I have two questions to follow up with that because (laughs) (laughs) as a journalist would. Yes. The first question immediately follows up to where you are now. How would you describe yourself in that positive way uh, of, of the one you've become? So how would you describe mm-hmm. yourself, Tarot? Uh, I would say a lot more confident in myself, even if myself is different from others. I feel like I was always a little bit of a contrarian, but uh, there was a deep um, a chip on the shoulder. Um and that I was not comfortable with. Uh, another way to say it is I learned to be comfortable with my shadow, you know, the, the little person who I think I am, but I don't want to be. We all have that, right? We have that part of ourselves that we think we are, but we don't want to be. So I think this lesson has taught me to be more comfortable with my shadow. Um, and I think a lot of empathy, I've been, you know, punched in the face enough many times that famous, I think it's a Mike Tyson quote that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. As an entrepreneur, you get punched in the face like a lot. There's never a dull moment. And if you get punched in the face enough, um, you learn a lot of empathy, humility. You never know if you meet someone who mistreats you or does poorly, what's going on in their life. You never know, you know, that you just don't know what's going on in other people's lives and, and, and just shit happens, sort of say. So um, I think I was much more of a purist when I started for Sigmatic and very like, like perfectionist. And then you learn through life that like, there's a lot of these wrinkles that happen and, and having humility and empathy towards others is something definitely that this journey has taught me. 
I love your journey already. And we're only halfway through your episode. <laughs> you know why? So I was going to ask you a business focused question, but it'll come up a little later. I think instead yes. when you, uh, you had just mentioned this, but I don't think anybody really sets out to be an entrepreneur. And you'd mm-hmm. said like, as an entrepreneur, things are going to get wrinkled up and you're never going to really learn things until they happen, so to speak. Or like you said, so to speak, shit happens. And it's so cool to hear that from someone like you because no one knows what happens behind closed doors. No one knows about the fraudulent situation that you guys had went through or the person that you regretfully had spoken to when you were tired. These are just things that happen. And naturally so. Sometimes they are meant to be. Sometimes it's like, well, that was a great learning lesson. But my question for you now is they, that's written in quotes right here because I don't know who they are. They mm-hmm. uh, say that most, most people don't really set out to be an entrepreneur. Uh, would you agree with that statement and why? I think when I started, that was very true. I think entrepreneurs had a pretty bad rap. If you you couldn't be hired, then you would become an entrepreneur or you were just so uh, such a cowboy yourself or cowgirl that you just wanted to do your thing. I think now entrepreneurships, um, entrepreneurs have become rock stars, same way as you know, five, 10 years ago, chefs became rock stars. And there's this, this movement. And I think a lot of people now um, seek to be an entrepreneur for social uh, purposes. I love it because there's more people creating and innovating. But sometimes those people um, don't know what they're getting themselves into. And they would have had a happier life not being an entrepreneur, but working with an entrepreneur. Uh, it's not for everyone. And that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's mostly true, that statement, but I think social context matters. And right now, entrepreneurship is like the way to go. And there's a bunch of reasons for it. Like if I'm Gen C, I want to buy a house. I ain't buying a house working nine to five today, right? And with this inflation, like you put money in a bank account and you lose freaking 5% a year. So you have to do something, be it Web3, NFT, crypto. You got you to gotta do something. You got to like they... I feel like people to have a comfortable life, a lot of people don't feel like working, especially in a corporate environment, is going to give them the comfortable life necessities that they seek. To your point, even about NFTs and crypto, I think that's, it's interesting you say that because I never thought of that being an entrepreneurial endeavor. You know, it's very small, but it definitely matters when you think about Mm -hmm. the 5% that you would lose in a year. I'm so bad with business is why I love doing Founders Week because you get to come Mm -hmm. on and spread all your wisdom and knowledge and I leave a little smarter. And if you're listening, you also leave a little smarter. So here's my next question for you. You know, is there any particular thing that you've learned just from the beginning of your journey, middle, even where you're at right now Mm -hmm. that helped you grow for Sigmatic as a business, you know? Yeah, there's definitely, there's time so there's it's like growing a business when you're small and you have lack of resources it's like kind of a drilling for oil you have to find these arbitrages that um some people call them a mousetrap you got to figure out stuff that works um and for us it was like early days of amazon it was podcast we were super early in podcast people were like didn't realize how powerful podcast is and now podcast is more powerful than mass media honestly like easily more powerful than mass media so you'd have to find things that before others find them and that's you create value you 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 know you know buy low sell high or whatever it is but that's like business one-on-one so but those come and go those are not stagnant um 
I would say things that are consistent is test with the ponies and write the stallions. Like it's very hard to do the shift, but like as an entrepreneur, like test small, go to like in food and beverage, go to farmer's market, sample the product, like sample, 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 and try it out, get the feedback. And then when you find a formula or a product that just like sells out and resonates like crazy, then you got to go hard and you got to scale it big. But usually people are good at one of the other gears. They go big immediately before testing it. And then they often lose money or they're just really good at testing at small scale, but not scaling it. And the trick with entrepreneurship is being able to do both. And I think that's, that's something for Sigmatic has both failed and succeeded at times. Um, so I think that's helpful. And then you just customer work, like customer facing surveys, asking questions, working with the community, community events is just how one of the things we did right is take care of customers, listen to customers. We could do it even better, but like that's how we've definitely grown for Sigmatic throughout the years is listening to people and their insights, Instagram DMs, emails, go to shows, meet in person when that was possible. And, and that's that's been a huge benefit to us. And when you say us, I only think of the team and the culture you've built. I've met some of your team. I've met your PR uh, ladies from Stanton and Co. I personally, when I think of the folks that I've met from Four Sigmatic, a lot of it just comes down to, you had said it, but like having a pure personality that really wants to aim for that North Star, which I want to leave that as the last question to describe that North Star to us, because you've been such a successful entrepreneur. And like, again, it's been all the losses and wins that have gotten you to this point. Uh, So before we get to your North Star, how would you describe the team there at Four Sigmatic in terms of the culture you've been wanting to, to, to strive for when building that team? Yeah, they're all a bunch of fun guys and fun gals, um, but um, pretty eccentric. Um, I think our youngest employee, hopefully I don't misspeak, but is 21 or 22, and our oldest is 63 or 64. Um, they live in multiple states, seemingly very different, um, but very eccentric people that care about natural health deeply. Uh, we've been remote the whole time, even though we have an office in LA, but we've used to working remotely. So people are pretty independent, uh, social, because there's no water cooler. You have to figure out your own water coolers online. And uh, so uh, the people who've succeeded with us are passionate about natural products, passionate about our customers, um, pretty independent, proactively social. And yeah, but from the outside looking in, they're very eccentric and their hobbies and interests are all over the place. I can tell you that, like all over the place. That's fun. Every time I see Four Sigmatic and even your guys' bio page, I'm not sure if that's the whole team. I doubt it. I'm sure it's a huge company you know, of people that are working there, but I see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet he surfs or I bet she, you know, does backflips off monkey bars, or I'm sure that he's like an actor, you know, and that's, that's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. And the reason I asked that for a cultural standpoint is that anybody who's listening now, um, and I'm sure you've been asked this so many times in the past, but as someone starts to think to build a team, I personally have always wanted to work with people that I like, or I want to work Mm -hmm. for people that I adore and respect and look up to. So that's something that I think a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but when people are building a business and a team, you also have to remember that everybody's human, you know, and outside Mm -hmm. of a nine to five or outside of working for a company or brand, it it is is probably going to come down to who they are as a human as to what motivates them. So that's my next question for you. If you could give me two answers here, but what motivates you? 
as an entrepreneur, as Tara, the human being, and then how do you motivate your team? Mm -hmm. The first part is, I think, as it has two sections, there's hygiene factors and major motivation factors. Hygiene factors is that if you don't have these things in order, it's hard to be motivated no matter what. And then the actual motivation factors are things that drive you. Hygiene factors for me, sleep, exercise, nature, fresh air, good nutrition. If I don't get sleep, it's hard to be motivated. If I'm sick, it's hard to be motivated. That's the baseline. But if I'm well-rested, doesn't mean I'm motivated. You know what I mean? So I think the baseline, I try to take care of the hygiene factors, make sure I get sleep, exercise, nutrition, fresh air, nature, things like that. And then the actual things that motivate me is being aligned with what I want in life. So I do, I do all kinds of like check-ins. Uh, four times a year, I check in with myself, journal, take a weekend uh, to reflect once a year, kind of a deeper dive. As long as I'm mostly aligned, it's kind of compass to the true north is like check in and mistakes happen. You go in the wrong direction in the forest, but it's with that compass and checking in you kind of course correct before it gets too late. And that drives motivation. Um, the X factor is community. I think friends, family, uh, people that inspire you, that is a major X factor that can be either a positive or negative, uh, hopefully a positive, uh, but community is huge. We uh, almost anything worth doing is worth doing with other people. And that community can really elevate you and lift you or push you down. So that's, obviously a huge factor. And as far as the team goes, um, you know, it's, you can only go so far. Um, you know, I, I, you know, hopefully you hire really good people that are cultural fit and they're smarter than you and you, they need to get their way. They just need to know the high level direction where they're going. And, uh, you want to know that they care, you care about them or the team knows that they're being cared for. Uh, we do surveys again, sometimes you go off the course and then you course correct. Uh, but hopefully as, as much as you show who you are, you will attract the people that are aligned with that. Um, and then you try to give them a direction, but then get out of their way. Uh, I know that's not a hyper specific answer and there's like all kinds of small things you can do. Like remember their birthday, pretty important or, send them flowers when somebody they love passes uh, or if they have a birth of a new child or they get injured, send them flowers, like small things like that help. But the main point is it comes down to getting the people who are aligned with your culture and then giving them a direction and then getting out of the way. Spoken like a leader. You're, you're so respected. I, you know, I can only tell and imagine what your team says behind closed doors um, about you in all good faith. You know, that, that's not all good faith. <laughs> well, listen, no. I, well, I've, also, I've also never worked with you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it's all great. Listen, Taro, you know, as, as we have a couple of minutes here, I wanted to ask you from an advice standpoint. And if you're listening, listen closely because there's so much here that we could learn from the past 20 five minutes of what you've just said, but if you can give us uh, the best piece of advice that you would have given yourself when starting for Sigmatic, what is that? Um, I actually gave it to myself, but I guess I didn't listen well enough. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it is like, 
we are the sum of the closest people around us. Some say five people, some say six, some say 10. I don't know. Maybe online it's 100. But we are, what goes in comes out. And that is true in many ways. But like, like um, if you eat great nutrition, you'll have great skin. If you surround yourself with great people, you'll probably have great energy. And and I gave myself that advice. And at times I've listened to it. And at times I've been blurred by the, the, the facade of life, money, power, fame, whatever, status, ego. Yeah, the the sizzle and not the steak. But um, yeah, I think what goes in comes out, be it your nutrition, the people you're surrounded with, the time, the energy, the space, the books you read, the podcasts you listen. So podcast is amazing because you can every day put in like 30 minutes of goodness. Valuable, so. I agree with that. I'm so transparent on this podcast. Taro zapped for a second. And I think he was trying to say, <laughs> when you listen to a podcast and you get that 30 minutes of feel good, it's valuable. Yeah, I, I, I use the word goodness, but yes. There we go. Good. Right. Feel good. Goodness. Uh, you've given us all of that on this episode, my friend. I want to thank you again for, for joining our Founders Week lineup. This is a very special week because it's our last one. Um, for those tuning in, Taro is on the final Founders Week of this show. Uh, and I have a very exciting announcement coming out in about two months. And I won't tell you guys just yet, but just know that this will be the finale Founders Week that we do. And as we close this up, Taro, we need to know what this North Star is, because if you have a North Star and if you had something that you were set out to do and your company's become as big as it has and as successful as it has, I'm curious to know what that North Star is so that we can all also aim for something like that going forward. Yeah, for Force Ignatic, it is elevating people's wellness at all levels, some advanced, some beginners, but elevating people's wellness with the world's most nutrient-dense ingredients. So the four sigmatic means the top 100 most nutrient-dense ingredients. So we take those and elevate people's wellness. We, our first principle things that will never change is that we want happy customers. We want to serve ancient intent and we want to play to win big. And that's, that's what we're going after. A lot of the things under that can change, but those things remain true. So. You heard it here first. Tara, thank you again for sharing your story, giving us the advice and joining me on this episode, because again, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to plug it. Y'all probably heard it in the mid roll and at the beginning of this episode, but Four Sigmatic has really elevated the way that I guess it's the mushrooms, right? It's elevated the way that mm -hmm. I recover after a workout. It's elevated the way that I've tried to get away from caffeine, coffee, for instance, and try to switch to something a little bit better um, and stimulate my brain in different ways. Uh, we'll be, we, uh, we will be sure to put all the links and everything down here in this episode. But Tara, thank you again. Uh, and it was so good to officially meet you. My pleasure. Hey, it's Justin again. And before you exit this very episode, wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you for being here. I hope you learned something new and are leaving more inspired by the conversation you just heard. Men of the Hour is also on Instagram and YouTube at Men of the Hour Podcast, where you can find all of our video sneak peek exclusives and full episodes. Be sure to follow and subscribe and do all those great things so that we can stay connected. And right before you jump, I would love to hear from you if you would put a rating and review right here where you're listening. Until next Monday, continue taking care of yourself and building the best possible life. <laughs>